Melissa Lecrae right now, you locked in with Generation Motivation, my man Jay Money. I tried to warn them, told them it was coming, but they ain't ready for it. They ain't ready for it. They ain't ready for it. They tried to knock it, but they couldn't stop it because they ain't ready for it. They ain't ready for it. Yo, what's happening? Hey, it's your boy Jay Snipes, aka J Money, aka the podcast of the people. Welcome back to another episode of Generation Motivation the Podcast. Hey, where we try to, you know, bring relevant topics, relevant interviews, um, relevant dialogue, relevant conversation, and uh, and basically just try to uplift, man, through stories, through interviews, what have you. Um, today is no different. Definitely have a, a special guest that I had the pleasure of interviewing. Um, so sit back, relax, and uh, and check out this interview. Welcome back to another episode of Generation Motivation, the podcast. I have a very special guest in my presence here today. Um, I'm talking to super publicist, Jackie Asari. Jackie, how you doing? Hello. I'm wonderful, thank you. <laughs> good, good. Hey, it's, uh, it's definitely a pleasure to have you on the show. And um, man, it's it's amazing how we link back up uh, again because it had been about 15 years ago where I first met you and, and you were able to bless me with, you know, a few interviews back then, which I'm, I'm very, very thankful. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, Cormega and BG. So that, oh, wow. yeah, Cormega BG. And I want to say now I did interview the licks and I saw the licks. I, I don't know if I interviewed the, the licks through you or not. Maybe so though. Possibly when I was director of publicity at uh, Loud Records, I, I represented the Licks at that time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And actually, if you were calling them the Licks at that time, that was just around the time they changed the name of their, um, they changed their name from the Alcoholics to the Licks. Yeah. So, so I was the publicist that worked with them through that transition. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So you, you've been around the, uh, the entertainment game for a while, huh? Yeah, since I came out of college at Howard University. She had to throw that out. Howard University. Yeah. I, I did go to a t North Carolina yeah. a t We are fights and proud. <laughs> since I came out of Howard University, um, we, uh, you, you know, I went right into the music industry um, after graduating. I actually started out uh, my internship. So I was one of those hustler girls. You okay. Know? Uh, <laughs> when I was in college, I did like four internships at radio stations because. What I thought I wanted to do was spend my life talking to people on the on air, you know, be a radio personality. Okay. Um, but I kind of fell into publicity and fell in love with it, and I've been a publicist now since. Uh, oh, I'm dating dating myself, but in the nineties. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Wow. That's that's um you know that's amazing, and and so you have your own company, uh, Jackie O and Co. And um. I do. So, so I started out first working at the labels. I worked at Columbia Records. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was at Columbia, I was an assistant. That was my my those were my years of learning. Okay. Um, I had two bosses. One was Miguel Baguer. He was working um, Lauren Hill and the Fugees, mm. and I was working with um, Yvette Noel Shore, who was at that time. Um, Timing four little divas from Houston, <laughs> who became then known as Destiny's Child, but 
And Columbia around that time, it was amazing. We had uh, Maxwell. Mm. We had uh, Will Smith was signed to Columbia. Okay. Kobe Bryant was signed to Columbia. Okay. Um, we had Mariah Carey. Uh, like I said, the Fugees. We had Lauren Hill. We had um, the whole social death roster. Okay. Um, it was a magical time to learn, you know? Wow. Uh, and my first project that I got to work almost exclusively um, was Lord Tweak and Peter Gunn's Uptown Baby. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you would walk in the office and you didn't know what celebrity, what star, who you were running to? I mean, I'm sure it was just, it was just, you know, like you said, a magical time. It really was. Yeah. It really was. And, and if you, if you listen to all that music, um, the names of the artists that I mentioned, all of them were so different from each other. They you were. Know? Right. We had Kenny, Kenny Lattimore too. Okay. Um, everybody had their own style. So it really was a magical time in music where people were not trying to copy each other. Right. You know, um, so that's when I came up. That's the era that I came up in, and I'm still doing it. And you're still doing it. Did you ever get starstruck walking into the office? Um, I never got starstruck work walking into the office, but I did get starstruck uh, when I was working with Mr. Teddy Pendergrass. Because, <laughs> Teddy um, P. Yeah, I was the last publicist to work with him before he passed. Okay. Um, okay. And I was starstruck because... I grew up in New York, and prior to growing up in New York, I came to New York when I was eight or nine. Okay. But prior to work, um, to coming to New York, I lived in Philadelphia. Okay. And Philly is Teddy's place, you know? Right. Um, and so he was the biggest man alive when I was growing up, right. you know? Right. And my mother used to take me to the Dell, which is a... Um, a uh, performance space in Philly and I would just get to see all these amazing acts perform and one day she took me there and Teddy Pendergrass performed um never in my life (laughs) would I have imagined that my career would my career would take me so far that I'd be speaking to him every day right 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 full circle or that he would be calling hey Jack hey Jack Just never, I mean, you just never thought about it or? 
others immersed in my work, but I'm going to say that the publicists of those days, I was trained by publicists that did not jump in front of cameras. Okay. We just did not do that. We stayed in the background, you know? Right. Um, we were taught to stay in the background. You stay out of sight. It's about your client, period. Right. You know, but somewhere when we get to the words of social media, you know, thing has changed, you know? So I'm, I'm having to relearn different ways of working. You know what I mean? Exactly. Because that doesn't work now. No, it doesn't. I mean... And now, yeah, and now that um, I have lost so many clients that I never got to take pictures with, I've also lost that part of my history. Because it was never captured. It, it's still there in some some sense, though, right? I mean... It, it's, it's there in people who, you know, especially media people that know, remember that I worked those projects, but... I cannot open a book or go on my computer and show my daughter a picture of myself in Teddy Pendergrass. Right. Uh, yeah. You understand what I'm saying? I do. So publicity as a field has evolved, you know, where um, there's visibility on all ends, you know? Exactly. Um, not just for the celebrities, but also for the people behind the scenes, you know? People behind the scenes, we didn't know... I mean, you people knew who Barry Gordy was, you know, mm-hmm. or Babyface or stuff like that. But you didn't know who was the publicist for all the Motown acts. Right. Nobody knew. Nobody but knew. But they were out there, right? Exactly. Well, the times have changed, you know, and, and now we have to learn a, a, a new thing. But my regret had been that I never, not because I want to show a picture of myself with somebody, but... There's just so many memorable moments in my career that I lost because I never captured them. Exactly. You know? exactly. I was busy setting up the photo for you to be in the picture with the artist, you know, right. uh, but not for myself. Exactly. Wow. Mm, yeah. Mm-mm. And you're right, though. It has evolved because a lot of it now is, you know, self-promotion. Um, it is, but there's got there's got to be a stylish way to do it. Some of it is a little overkill, you know. True. There are some... PR people who do more promoting of themselves exactly. than of their clients. Right. And then the work does not reflect the things that you see, you know? Okay. So that's the flip side of it. And, and, and you're correct, though, in, in the sense of now, I mean, with reality TV being as big as it is, you know, hey, you could be a publicist for someone, next thing you know, you end up with your own show. So, you know, it just kind of, like you said, it evolves now to where um, a lot of the light is is being taken away from that particular celebrity or you're, they're trying to share the spotlight to mm-hmm. become as, as large as the, the celebrity that they're, you know, working with. That they're representing. They're yeah. representing. Yeah. Exactly. And, and, and you know what? I don't blame them because people are caught up in the illusion. You know, True. sometimes the more people see the pictures of you and the more people see all that flash and fair, they think, oh, wow, that person's got it going on, you know. Right. But then the work has to match that. You know what I mean? Right. The work has to match that where people can go, oh, yeah, not only does she have it going on, but I see her work, you know, or his work. Mm-hmm. Or I see how because she was representing or because he was representing this person, that person's profile or brand has changed or evolved in some sort of way. You know what I mean? Exactly. That's true success to me. You know, let me take a picture with you when we're done. 
Um, when that, when that record folded, um, I had all sorts of people calling me. I mean, even editors of magazines were calling me and, you know, hey, girl, what's going on? You, I, you know, I heard about what happened. Are you unemployed? You need me to call this person? Right. Um, you know, I, you know, I can call Def Jam or, you know, and I was just like, I don't want to do that. I really don't want to do that. Give me a minute to think. But that's you know? awesome that you, that's awesome that you're, uh, that you have that network for the simple fact that they know your work ethic. So they wouldn't, they wouldn't vouch for you if they didn't believe in you and your, your abilities though. That's, that's awesome though. Yeah. And it's such a blessing. You know what I mean? Right. But I, I did have a lot of people. I was surprised, over, even overwhelmed. But my story is this. Um, when I was working at the record label, I kept buying computer equipment and stuff. Mm-hmm. This is before I started my company. I had no idea what I was doing, except for that I was building some sort of home office so that when I was working at the label, mm-hmm. it, it got so late at night, I could come home and continue working. Okay. You know? Um, so I had built a home um, office without even realizing that God was preparing me. Right. That's how it happens. My own thing. That's how you it happens I mean? a lot of times. A God in your steps. God is guiding your steps and you don't even know it. Exactly. So here I am buying a computer. I got a printer. I, you know, I've, I've got all this stuff at home. And I was thinking at the time that it was because, gosh, I'm here till nine o'clock at night. I should just go home and work, you right. know? Right. Um, so I was buying all this stuff, and a lot of it I had in boxes. So I was in L.A. doing a cover for The Source mm. um, when Loud Records, we got the word that Loud was closing or holding, you know? Okay. And uh, the editor of The Source at that time, he was with me when I got the call, you know? Oh, wow. And he was like, man, you want to you wanna just, after the shoot, after we finish rapping, you want to just go chill someplace, you know? Right. And I said, yeah. And I said, take me to the, like, I, you know, when I come to L.A., whenever I travel, I'm always working. I don't get to see the city. I just take me around, you know? Mm-hmm. So he took me around, and at one point, he took me to this really high, mountainous place in L.A. And we just sat up there. Nobody was saying a word. And I was just looking out at the city. Mm-hmm. And there was a peace and a stillness and a calm that came over me where I should have been really worried, you know? Right. And I said, you know what? I'm going to be okay, you know? Exactly. I came home, and uh, Patty Webster called me. Girl, I heard about it. What you going to do? What you going to do? I said, you know, Patty, I think I'm going to go indie. She said, you ready? I said, I think so. I think I want to do indie. And I was on the phone with her when she said, hold on one second. She had a call come through. Mm-hmm. I held her on the phone, she clicked over, and then she came back on, and she says, um, listen, uh, weren't you doing a lot of the Southern hip-hop when you were at, um, at Loud Records? Didn't you do some 3-6 Mafia and don't say, yeah, I did, I did 3-6 Mafia, I did Project Pat, I did Gangsta Boo, um, yeah, I did. She, I said, why? She said, um, hold on one second again. <laughs> This was a week after I got laid off. Right. She came back on the line. She said, there's this um, label calling me about working this guy. His name is, um, who is it, Eastside Boys? Um, <laughs> Little John, Little John, Eastside Boys, um, and they're from out of Atlanta. And they're looking for a publicist. And I told him that you had worked 3-6 Mafia and the projects that you've worked. Would you be interested 
I was like, yeah, but Kim Patty, I don't even have a company name. I don't, I'm not set. Right, right, right. I'm not set up. I took a week to chill. She said, well, girl, you're going to start your company right now, today. Immediately. Immediately. Exactly. <laughs> so I did, and um, Little John and Eastside Boys became my first client. Um, that was my company. So, so they they weren't signed at that, that time. They were just still independent. No, they were signed to a label called TVT. Oh yeah, I know TVT. Yeah, they were signed to TVT Records, and um, at the time that I started working them, and, and even my foray into the South, you know, I, I live here in Atlanta now. I never thought that would ever happen either. Okay. But I, I even my foray into that, you know, like I said, the divine has been a very he, he guides my steps, you know? Because mm-hmm. when I was working at the label, they were coming in. This was at a time when the South, uh, Southern hip-hop was not big. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, this was, I, I, I want to say it's 2004, 2005, you know? Okay. It was, it was not big um, in New York. There was something happening in the South. Outcast and all that kind of stuff may have been happening, but we didn't see it in New York. You know what I mean? Right. Um, Pastor Troy mm-hmm. came out around that time. Mm-hmm. Um, so here I am working in New York at this label, and I am more on the, my ear is more attuned to, to East Coast hip hop. So when they brought me into the conference room and they said, "Hey, you know, we want you to listen to this Project Pack Bonk Bonk Chicken Head song," I was just like, oh. <laughs> 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 "You know." <laughs> Radio. 
they're playing all of all of this music down in Memphis. Like it was back to back to back. Crunchy Black, right? Gangsta Boo, um, Three Six Mafia. Right. It was that, and I was like, wow, there's something going on here that we don't know about in New York. Oh man. You know, like, we didn't know about it. Then I went to a club with 3-6 Mafia that night, and I thought the floor was going to break. <laughs> had, had, had them bouncing in there, huh? They were bouncing. <laughs> it was crunk. And I was like, oh, my God. Exactly. See, and then I realized that in New York, we're standing against the, hall, the walls, head nodding. We don't know what's going on in the South. Yeah, right. You know? Right. So I had all of those experiences. You know, so when Patty Webster clicked over and said, call this label, TBT Records, and looking for somebody to work with uh, Little John and the Eastside Boys, I hung up with her and I called them and they said, what do you know about the South? And I said, what don't I know? Right. I'm you the know? expert. I'm the expert. Um, so it was interesting how the stone that the builder refused will always be the headquarters stone, headquarters, corner stone. Because that headquarters, that stone that I was scared of or not interested in became the foundation under which I formed my company, you know? Amazing. Uh, That's amazing. Yeah, so I got Little John um, and then came Naughty by Nature. I knew about Naughty. That's New York, New Jersey. Of course. Um, Then Naughty by Nature and then um, artists that I worked with at Sony were now coming back and saying, hey, we miss you. Okay. (laughs) We were working, you know, because I worked with them when they were at Loud, when I was at Loud. And when then Loud got bought out, they went to Sony. And then the Sony people took over, you know? Mm-hmm. And at some point, I guess they felt like there was a difference. And then they started calling me and saying, hey, I know you're independent now. And we're signed over to Loud slash Sony, but we still want to work with you, you know? Right. So um, that's, that's really how my company grew. Um, from a series of unexpected... <laughs> <laughs> Unexpected alignments, you know what I mean? That just kept kept happening. They click, they click, they click, they click, you know. And um, it just kind of made sense. And 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 that's really how um, how I started out. Wow. Well, that's a microcosm of, of life itself. You know, things happen, and it, it takes you down a different path that you uh, never anticipated. And you learn to be open. And you learn you to know? be open, exactly. You, you learn to be open. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's pretty crazy because I, I interviewed Lil John and the Eastside Boys and Naughty by Nature, as a matter of fact. And yeah. I, actually, they were on TVT. I'm trying to think. And at the same time, MAC-10 was on, on, on uh, TVT, too. Work. Yeah, I, I didn't work MAC-10, but I did work Lil John and Naughty by Nature. And, and Naughty. Uh-huh. Both of them yeah. cool. Yeah. All, 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 all of them are cool. And, you know, especially Lil John, he has that persona, and everyone sees Lil John, and, you know... All they see is the crunk side of them. When you sit and talk to Lil John, I mean, just just as you know, down to earth, cool. I mean, I remember being in the studio with him, and um, and and uh, Kings of Crunk was actually coming out, and he, he he turned something on and was like, "Hey, listen to this. What do you think about this?" You know, and I'm, I'm behind the board, and Lil John is asking me what I thought about the song. You know, what I'm saying, I'm like, "Wow, that's that's awesome." He's amazing. He is. He really is. He is amazing. He is. He really is amazing. But when I first started working with Little John, BT wasn't even playing Southern hip hop videos. Right. Everything was you New know, York. So Everything was all you know, yeah. like you said, up north. Yeah. 
everything was up north and um, they were not playing his the videos. I mean, to one point, Little John went and sat in the audience at BET just to get them to pay attention, you know, <laughs> because they would not. And then look at where we are now. Exactly. You know, so. Exactly. Yeah. And 
what I said, I still remember. I was like, you know, when I called you, I didn't know if you would come, you know? Mm -hmm. Because for the first time in my life, I am not Jackie from anywhere, you know? Exactly. I'm just standing here. I'm Jackie. I just, I love what I do. I'm passionate about my, my clients. Um, I really hope that you will embrace Little John, you know? I went to the South. I went to Atlanta. And I saw the, the, the crowds part for him to walk through, you know? Mm -hmm. And y'all don't see that because we're in New York, you know? So sometimes we don't have an understanding of how music is received in other places. Exactly. You know what I mean? It's regionalized, um, right. Yes. But but here here we are, you know, um, this man who's standing in this room. Uh, yes. Crowds part when he comes through. Exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. And um, so I'm so grateful to all of you, you know, for coming. Not because I'm 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 from Columbia or I'm from Priority or Loud, but just coming because I called you and I'm just overwhelmed. Wow. And um, I'm still there crying. Somebody had to come and get me. Oh my gosh. From the from the, from the room and you know everybody was hugging me and I just I was just so overwhelmed because I didn't realize. Um, the respect, you know, and the um, camaraderie that um, had created along the way, you know, while I was trying to be professional, you know? Right. Uh, so, yeah, that was good. And that, so, I, I, I hope I'm answering your question, but that's oh, you know you realize that I'm meant to do what I do, you know? And it wasn't based upon who I was with or, you know? Exactly. Yes, there are some projects, yes, there are some projects that you will get, you'll be like crickets, nobody will respond to, you mm -hmm. know, they don't like it or whatever, but for the most part, I've had a really great relationship with people, you know, and a great relationship with my media friends, um, and that was the defining moment for me when I was just like, okay, I'll be okay. That's awesome. Hey, and, I, and I, like you said, I mean, that passion, they could definitely see that passion, the fact that you're standing here in front of a client in front of a, a, a room full, you know, of, of, of the media, your media friends, and you're just so overwhelmed, you know, that you love what you do and, you know, you, you appreciate the respect that they've shown you. So, I mean, I know you could definitely feel it. And, and, and I know Lil John was probably like, wow, I have an amazing publicist, you know, that yeah, cares so much. He said that to me when I went outside. He was like, oh, boy. He said, you know, that's some love there. That's some love, you know? Um, and, and, you know, there are some people that were in that room that still remember that day. Okay. You know? Right. Because I really, I was really, I wasn't, I didn't break down on the floor, but I, I was full out crying, you know? Right. Uh, not a dribble of tears. Like, oh, my God. You guys so much. I didn't know who was going to be here. And I just, oh. <laughs> that you're working with now? Well, right now I have um, the pleasure to work with this just amazing, I'm not even going to say artist, but just man. <laughs> uh, his name is Lecrae. His name um, is Lecrae. He is amazing. I'm just always, um, I'm always mystified, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
by his thought process, how he moves, um, his spirituality. Um, the man can preach a sermon. <laughs> <laughs> right. But can be gully, gully, too, at the same time, you know? Exactly. He can go from the source to CNN, you know? Yeah. Uh, so I'm just really, he's well-spoken. I mean, I'm not saying that, he, you know, people are not well-spoken, but he is one of those type of minds and personalities that can move in different circles, you know? Exactly. Um, and so it's been such a joy to work with him. I have another amazing... Um, <clears throat> She is a singer, but believe it or not, she is also the general counsel for Western Air, Thomas Airline. Right. She is the COO of an airline, but she's also a pop singer, and she can sing. And she can sing, huh? Mm -hmm. It's just one of those kind of dreams deferred where you do what you're supposed to do, you know? Mm -hmm. um, but you always want to sing. You always want to perform, you know? Mm -hmm. And when you reach that point in your career, you're like, okay. I think I want to do what I want to do now, you know? Exactly. And she's doing it. Her name is Vexy. Mm hmm I have another amazing um, artist. I say amazing because I really, I really do adore my clients. Right, you know? right. Um, the ones that I don't adore, I don't stay with for long. <laughs> <laughs> so I might work for one, one month, and I'm like, okay, you know, this don't feel right to me, you know? Right. And oh, you have to cut yeah. ties? You have to cut ties like that? There have been times where, not just cut ties, but um, I know when my spirit is feeling something. Exactly. You know? Um, I know when I wake up and I'm excited about it, you know? Mm -hmm. um, I've, like anybody, I've had to do certain projects because I got to eat, too. I got to right. take care of my family and everything. But when I have the choice, I'm very, very selective. Mm -hmm. So there might be a project that I will take and I'll say, you know, I'm only going to do this for one month. I don't want to do this long term because I really want to see how we vibe, you know? Exactly. So the artist is thinking, oh, yeah, that's great because I get one month out, you know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I'm thinking, no, that's great for me because if I don't want to work with you after one month, I'm out. Exactly. You know? So um, sometimes it's good to take those those projects where you can feel it out. And, and another thing about those some projects that, I always kind of get to know the artist, so sometimes I get excited about someone because I know their true story. I know who they really are, you know? Right. Beyond what you might see. Mm -hmm. um, but I think that I've gotten to a point in my career where it's a careful mix for me. You know, like, okay, I've got Lecrae. He's in the faith-based space, but he's also kind of, you know, mainstream. True. You know? He's hip hop. Okay, now I got Cormega. Cormega is more street. He's that street lyricist, poet, you know? Mm hmm. Type of thing. They're two different lanes. You know what I mean? Right. Um, so when I take projects, I also strategize to get different types of projects in different lanes. You know, Maya is in her own lane. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Mm -hmm. on, on, you know, being just a pop princess and having a legacy of hits. Um, you've got Tyler Dumont, who's very smooth with it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. her, her, her style and style is very smooth, almost kind of very hurish. She's not like Maya, you know? Yeah. You have Carl Brister, who is the, my latest client. Carl Brister is kind of like soul. He's got an old kind of um, retro style to him. Okay. So when I'm picking projects, I try to pitch different types of 
projects where they're not all the same. Right. Different circles. Yeah. Yeah, and I do it intentionally because at one time I was only known for doing hip hop. Exactly. You know? And it wasn't because I couldn't do other stuff, it was because the labels that I was working for were hip hop labels. Mm -hmm. Now records put out mostly hip hop. You know? Um, priority records put out mostly hip hop. Mm -hmm. You know? And so when I went on my own, I really paid attention to the mix. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, what kind of mix of artists do I have? What kind of mix of films do I have? Okay, I'm going to do some documentary, and I'm going to slide over here and do some comedy, you know? Mm -hmm. And then we're going to go over here and do, you know, just making sure that, you know, and that's not just my firm, but just anybody who is providing a service, make sure that you're able to represent yourself in different spaces. Diversify you know? your portfolio. Diversify your portfolio. <laughs> right. And I'm, I'm, I'm quite deliberate with it. You right. know what I mean? Um, so I will, somebody will call me and, and, I'll, and I'll be looking at what I have and say, mm -hmm, coming out around the same time. Yeah. And y'all are similar. No, I'm not going to do that. That's a conflict of interest. It's not even a conflict. It's kind of like you and I'm pitching you those two artists who have records coming out at the same time. Mm -hmm. Do you do both or who loses? Right. You right. know what I mean? Right. So I try to think about the mix when I am um, taking on projects. Okay. But there have been projects in the past where I'm like, I, I've had to stop working the project because it doesn't represent what I represent. You know, and that was, I was going to ask you that, that was actually one of the questions I was going to ask, like, you know, ha have there been times where, you know, you listen to the music and you're like, you know what, this is not what I stand for. Now, I, you know, granted, it's a paycheck, but you, you, you're your own brand as well. So. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. That's happened before and I was only on the project for one month. Okay. And that project I did because I was. Paying back a favor. Okay. You know, like somebody had bought me other business. You referral, know what I mean? Referral business to you? Yeah, I referred some other business that I actually did take and was with great projects for me, you know? Okay. And then that person came and said, hey, I want you to work on this. You know? And mm -hmm. I said immediately, I don't really, uh, you know, <laughs> I don't really want to do that, you know? Right. Or that's not my brand. I'm not my style, you know. And and I'll and I and I'll say it straight up, you know. Mm -hmm. And when you get the call again, girl, mm -hmm. I've been checking around for other publicists, and nobody's gonna do me like you, you know. Right. Could you please take this. <laughs> I don't really want to do it. I'm telling you, I don't really want to do it, you know. Um, right. But I bought you that other project. Oh. Uh, you got me. You got me. All right, you know what? I'm gonna do it for one month, right? And let's see what I can do with it. Let's see, you know, because um, the artist, and it's not even that the artist is the artists are not good. Right. They are good, and they're gonna be really successful. And the music is good, but it doesn't stand for what I stand for. Exactly. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I know people know it because people know me well enough that, you know, a lot of people will say to me, Jackie, that don't sound like a Jackie on project. And I've had somebody say that to me. Right. You know, girl, I came because it was you, but I was just like, uh, 
it's not that the project is bad. I'm just surprised to see you working it. Working it. You know what I mean? Exactly. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to do it for this month. Because <laughs> <laughs> I got to help my boy out or my girl out, exactly. you know? Exactly. Because um, we got to take care of each other. You know what I mean? This and, is true. You know, on the other side of, of the game is that person also has an artist signed to their label or their production company or whatever, mm-hmm. and they have to show and prove to the label that's their distributing, you know? Exactly. That's distributing their project. So they want to be careful, too, with choosing the right publicist. And, and, you know, it might not be right for you, but for that meantime, while they just getting that distribution deal, they it, need to come in hard. Exactly. You know what I mean? yes. 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 So, you know, you, you try to look out and support, you know, but the heart is always going to speak to you. Right. Always. And my heart speaks to me. I listen to it, you know, Right. and there's been, there have been cases where my heart has said, you know what, this, this is not a bad project. This is not a bad artist. The music is good. I really like the artist, but it doesn't fit in with I, what I would want to sell. You know, mm-hmm. and, and that's the difference between when I worked at the label and when I was working now as an indie. I had to do it when I was at the label. So I'm waking up with this project saying, as an indie, why am I doing this? Right. This is why I, I, I stepped away from the label so I can, yeah. I can choose. Exactly. Why, why, why am I doing this? Right. Oh, I'm doing this as a favor to this person because they hooked me up with this project. Okay, so let me make sure I put a cap. And a limitation on this, you know, exactly. and that's where and that's where it would come out where I will say, I'm only going to do this for one month. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, during during which you will have to figure out what you're going to do next. Exactly. You know? Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, so I'm kind of taking care of my friend. I'm taking care of. The, I've done the favor, but I haven't put myself in a position where I feel uncomfortable with what I'm working. Exactly. No, I understand. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, as an artist and as a label or, or what have you, they should appreciate that because you wouldn't want to have a publicist that is not really immersed, per se, in what you're doing, but yet they're still going to do an excellent job, you know, but the fact that, you know, it, maybe if, if it's in someone else's wheelhouse, and that's their, you know, that's their type of music. That's their type of film. Hey, they're going to be excited to, you know, to wake up and, and, and they're going to go 150%, you know. So I, I can it's, understand what you're saying. It's really about having integrity. Integrity, right, exactly, yeah. You know what I mean? It's about having integrity. Sadly, integrity doesn't always exist everywhere in this industry. You know what I mean? Oh, I believe People it. People do do things just for checks. And I've done things for just a check before, too, you know? Right, exactly. Um, but I'm, I'm proud to say that there are many points in my life where I've said, no, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not doing this. Exactly. You know, somebody will call me, yeah, we trying to, we, we want to promote this, you know, this porn movie that we got coming out and mm. uh, this and that. And, um, you know, it, it's, it's, the next movie is going to be different. Mm. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. No, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm not, you know, I mean, so. You, you really, I mean, everything in life is choices, right? You know? Definitely. So. What's what's the typical day in the life of a publicist doing a, per, a press run? Uh, 
I guess nothing is typical, huh? It really is not. Because every artist is different. Okay. You know what I mean? What is typical is that before you start a project, you've got to sit and think about the story. What is the story that you're going to tell? Mm-hmm. What are the things about this artist that are different from other artists, you know, mm-hmm. um, that you think the press would gravitate towards, you know? So what is common is that you have to figure out, I mean, well, not everybody is a storyteller, you know, but you, but if you're a really good publicist, you've got to figure out what the story is before you start calling people, you right. know? Exactly. Um, so... That is common in the process. You know okay. what I mean? Okay. Um, yeah, that's common in the process. But other than that, each artist, each project has its unique needs and its unique strategy, you know? Okay. Um, it really depends. If the artist comes to you and says, listen, I don't want to sell records. I really just want to promote my shows and my tours, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so there are people that are like that. They're like, your records all sell. I, I perform. That's how I make my money. Okay. You know. Right. So I want you to perform. I want you to. Um, I want you to promote my tour date. So in that in that per case, I'm doing more regional stuff. You know, I'm like, okay, Jay's going to um, Chicago. Who do I know in Chicago? Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. and setting up things from there. You know, so it really depends on what the client is looking for and listening to what the client is looking for. Definitely you know? have to listen to them so you can tailor it around their needs. Right, and sometimes it helps to start from the end, you know? Mm-hmm. Like to say, if I say to you, what is your ultimate objective? My ultimate objective is to be a touring, performing artist. I don't care about CDs, mm-hmm. you know, or mm-hmm. selling music. So that gives you a strategy, you know? Right. To, to play with, you know, when you start from the end. Oh, um, I want to be, you know, you might be dealing with a, a, a reality star who really is just doing this to kick off another business, you know? Okay. So once you understand what the end game is and what they really want to do, or what you know, then you can strategize all the steps to align with it. You know what I mean? Right. Um, so those are the things I think that, that projects have in common with, with it. A lot of them... There's always a story, and trying to figure out what the story is has been helpful to me. Okay. That's how you found success. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Okay. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, with the, the podcast being Generation Motivation, I always ask this question. So how do you feel as though you're giving back to your generation? How, how You know, how are you motivating them? Um, I, I've heard some. I've heard some examples, I, I, but I'll let you tell it. <laughs> I already know a few ways. Well, you tell me first. I, no, I don't. No, no, I don't want to tell uh, you. Will you tell me after? <laughs> well, you know what? And, and and just by you know this interview, the fact that you are helping people achieve their dreams, I, I feel like that's that's giving back. Because the artists, like you said, for Lil John, okay, you know, Lil John was not a known artist, not nationally. Regionally, yes, but not nationally. So for you to have the amount of passion that you had to be able to accept that project and put that love and care into that project and look at where Lil John is now, you played a hand in Lil John's success. Like you said, you know, 
the world may not know that, but everyone in that room that day knew that you cared that much about that project and being successful and making him a success because, like you said, the cornerstone, that, that that's the cornerstone. So your foundation for, for, for Jackie O and company is built off of the fact that you had that much passion for that first project and look at where he is now. Yeah, I think that um, it's funny that since I've been doing it so long, I've also seen quite a few, um, I won't say their names because I don't want to mess my fellow publicists, but I've seen um, people who were my interns be motivated to continue staying in PR, and now they're like the biggest publicists out there. Right. You know? Right. But when they were in their sophomore year of college, they were sitting at my desk, you know? Wow. And I was sitting at somebody else's desk, you know? Right, right, right. And um, I ran into one recently at the Black Music Honors, and she just looked at me and hugged me and hugged me and hugged me and hugged me. And <laughs> um, I didn't realize how much of an impact, you know? You never know. People sit... I really, I really did not realize how much of it, and she is a very well-known publicist now, you know, realized how much of an impact I had on her. Um, rather than talk about how somebody, how, how I motivate somebody, I'm going to say how somebody motivated me. Okay. Um, when I was uh, an assistant, like I mentioned, we had a lot of heavy-hitting artists signed to Columbia Records at the time, and sometimes it was dizzying the amount of work that there was. Mm-hmm. And um, one day, I just got so frustrated. Here I am again. I'm going to I'm crying. Oh my gosh! <laughs> but last time I was crying for Lil John's event, I was crying because I was happy. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, this time I was crying because I was exhausted. Okay. You know. Okay. And I was also doing, um, can you imagine all those names of the artists that I mentioned? Maxwell and Lauren Hill and Destiny's Child and the Fugees and all the So-So Death label and uh, Lil John and the Eastside Boys and Tedra Moses. And, mm. like, and I was the only assistant. Mm. Okay? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Mariah I was exhausted. Right. You know? Um, I was also taking on publicity projects of my own, and nobody really knew the work I was contributing to the projects, you know? Right. I felt like I was never going to get promoted, because sometimes at these labels, you don't get jobs until somebody leaves. Okay. And no one ever leaves. So one day, I was just so frustrated. You know, um, I'd been there going on three years. And the person who was in my same job before I had, had had to leave the company, the assistant before I had to leave the company, get a job at Interscope, and then she came back. You know what I mean? Okay. Um, so one day she saw me. I was very upset, and she, was, she just called me. She said, Jackie, come in my office. And I went in there. And I will never forget her for this. This is motivation. And this is my motivation story. Mm-hmm. Um, she said, come to my office and you get a moment. And I went in there and I was just like, girl, I'm exhausted. I'm just exhausted. And, you know, I don't know if I want to do this anymore. You know? mm. And she said to me, um, Jackie, you have to think differently about what you do. 
you have no idea how much information you're privy to. You have no idea how many contacts you're inter- you're, you're you know. You're right. You're, you're just by the mere fact of answering the phone, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you have no idea how many contacts you're making. Like, what do you want to do? And I said, I want to be a publicist. Mm-hmm. And she's like, then be a publicist. Mm. And she said, change your mindset about what you do. Stop being frustrated because you're an assistant and, you know, you just feel worn down. Own it. Own your job. Own it. Right. And she said that to me, and um, what happened was there was a shift mentally for me, you know? Okay. Um, where the next day I came in, I did not say, good afternoon, J Money Strikes Office. <laughs> I didn't do that. The next day I said, good afternoon, Columbia Records, this is Jackie. <laughs> I would have been mad if you wouldn't have said J Money Snipes' office if I would have known. Right. No, I'm playing. Right, so <laughs> Good afternoon, Columbia Records. This is Jackie. Shift. 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 You understand what I'm saying? No, I understand. I understand. Exactly. <laughs> I took ownership of it. Right. I stopped thinking about it from the level of oh, just answering these phones and doing all this work. You know, she's right. I need to make contacts. Exactly. And create relationships. Mm-hmm. If what I want to do is be a publicist, I've got to start thinking like one, you know? Exactly. And creating relationships. Jay, it got to the point where I got to know people so good that my bosses were like, does anybody call here anymore? <laughs> they were calling you directly, huh? They were calling me directly. Right. You know? Okay, I got this. Right. And 
I started traveling, you know, um, then it was like, okay, they didn't, whatever they didn't want to do, like, okay, we not, don't feel like going to D.C. to go to, to Team Summit, you know, mm-hmm. or whatever. Then it was like, send Jackie. She's got it. She's got it under control, you know. Okay, well, Lord Tariq and Peter Gunn's is coming out with a project. Let her do it, you know. Yes. Um, so that's what started to happen when someone um, of my generation who um, <laughs> has seen what publicity really is motivated me to say, you need to see what you do and who you are, even in the lowest of positions, differently. Exactly. Because once you do, you'll you'll really see the impact of what your position could be. And you will create the relationships that will take you exactly where you want to go. Wow. And that is exactly what happened. Once she said that to me, every tear dropped, and I changed my perception, and I started really thinking about it like how can I build value for myself in this situation so I think that's something that I would like the the generation to be a little bit motivated with you know like see opportunities for what they could be you know and and, and really seize them because there would have been no other time that I would have access to all of these people Exactly. All of their phone numbers and cell phone numbers. I mean, today I would give to have everybody cell phone, <laughs> <laughs> right. cell phone numbers and stuff. But at that time, with the caliber of artists that we were working, the media was calling and throwing their numbers at us. Please call me. I want Mariah. Please call me Lauren Hill. Mm. We need her on the cover of the next Time magazine. Mm. They were calling like crazy. You know, Miss, there was nothing bigger than Miss Education of, of Lauren Hill. Oh, my gosh. And these people were calling and calling and calling and looking for these artists. Thank God this publicist gave me the um, the, the, the mindset, you know, mm-hmm. to say, stop. You know, you're only going to be a victim or only going to be whatever um, if you stay in that mindset. You need to shift. Once you shift, you're not going to be frustrated no more. Exactly. Wow. I don't even know. I don't even think she knew what she was saying. I mean, to an extent, but she didn't know I was going to take it that far. The way you received, <laughs> right? The, exactly the way you received it. She, hey, she was being used as a vessel, and she, she didn't even really know it. But yeah, she didn't even know it. She didn't even know. It. I saw her at the Essence Fest last year, and I told her, and she she just held me, and you know, she was like, I had no idea. I, I was no just idea. saying, don't be upset about answering the phone. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I'm trying to tell you, like, don't be upset about it. It's, it's your job. Don't be upset about it. Right. Um, but what That's I funny. heard was answer the phones differently. Exactly. exactly. I heard something different. I heard answer the phones differently. Create your own relationships. Don't use this job as a frustration me- measure. Figure out, like, whatever, it, like I was saying with our clients, we have to figure out what the goal is. Mm-hmm. Whatever it is, your, that's your goal, okay? You want to be an artist, but you're working for UPS. Right. But you know what? That money from UPS is paying for your studio time. Exactly. You know what I mean? Funding so your projects. Exactly. Take change the perception. So rather than really talk about, um, I, I didn't say that because I didn't want to answer your question, but in my spirit, I felt like I should share that story. Oh, no, no, yeah, definitely. About what happened with me and how mindset um, changed my motivation. Exactly. Which ultimately changed my life. Changed you know what I mean? Exactly. Because now, I would I would not have even and so how I 
to go back and answer the question you asked earlier, how did I move from being an assistant to being a publicist? There was a publicist who used to come to the office, and once I changed my mindset, she was sitting by my desk watching me. And she got off the phone, and she was like, you've been booking all that stuff? I'm like, what? She says, no, I've been doing it. Right. She was sitting there watching me. She was like, wow, wow. Right. You know? Right. I had no idea that you were. But she was blown away, huh? That you were doing all this stuff because I was managing stuff. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and she said, I had no idea. And she, the next day she called me and she said, listen, if you're ready to move to the next, next week, she called me. She says, if you're ready to move to the next level, you'll be a publicist. You're going to have to leave there. Because ain't nobody leaving there. Right. You know? Right. So my friend over at Priority Records has a job. Uh, she's looking for junior-level publicists, so you should take it. And that, so you see what I'm saying about the, the lines, like things lining up? Think, right. Right. Like somebody spoke into my life, you know, and told me to think differently. I received that, changed my mentality. Because I changed my mentality, I was working differently. Because I was working differently, somebody noticed that this girl over here is not a regular assistant. Right. She's doing publicity. She just ain't getting paid for it. Right. (laughs) Right. Wow. So she she acted on it and said, "Let me let me create this opportunity for her because she's really good." You know, and that's how I got my first manager of publicity job working at, 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 at Priority. Priority, I worked there for two years. Then that same person said, hey, come with me over to Loud. Mm. Then I worked at Loud for, you know, what, two, two and a half years. Loud folded. You know, then the next person said, hey, what do you want to do? I said, I think I want to be an independent publicist. She said, hold on one, se- one second on the phone. A week later... She's telling me, hey, I got to, you know, I don't want to take the Little John Project. It's not my brand. I'm not into hip-hop like that. But if you want it, you know, a guy has lined up the experience working on the Southern hip-hop, you know. Exactly. Stuff that I really didn't want to do, which was now going to be beneficial for my first project. And all all of it was because of a mindset shift. All of it was because (laughs) of a mindset shift. But just look at how things flow. Exactly. You know what I mean? Even how I got into business is is, is is incredible. Like I was, I got out of college and I wanted to work in the industry and I didn't have, a, you know, contacts and stuff. I worked at a, a clothing store. Okay. And at the clothing store, I used to, you know, the clothing store never asked for us to keep a customer base, but I created my own customers. Right. So people would come in, I know what they like, you know. Right. I got their phone number. So I was always building relationships. Okay. Uh, I got their phone number and, you know, hey, Jay, remember you last week you said you wanted those size, uh, such and such, such and such, when they came in, I'm holding for you. Come, you know, when and, you get off of work, come get it. And customers love that. I was doing stuff like that in the clothing store. Right. You know, I had people's number, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so people would come in there looking for me. You know, sometimes... And the job was near the record label. It was at 47th Street and Rockefeller Plaza. Okay. You know, you got Atlanta, Atlantic Records, the whole, all of that's over there, you know? Right. So people were coming in like, hey, I got to go to this event. I don't have no time to shop, you know? Um, could you pick something out for me and just hold it? 
So you were almost like a stylist, per se. I was, that's what I was doing. I would have never called myself a stylist, but that's what I was doing. Right. So one day, one of the customers who used to always come in, um, I put her, I had held some clothing for her, and she went into the fitting room, and she was trying on the clothes, and she says, you know what? You just have such a spirit about you. Like, you know, what, what is it that you want to do? Is it you are retail, You want to stay in retailing? What is it about, you know? Mm-hmm. And I said, well, you know, I, I went to Howard. I graduated. I'm looking for a job in the music industry. Uh, you know, I, I don't know anybody, but, you know, um, so I'm just doing this for now, you know? Mm-hmm. And when she passed the clothes over the ball, she passed her card as well. Mm. She was the VP of promotions at Atlantic Records. Wow. I know you almost fell on the floor, didn't you? I, I was in shock. But, <laughs> but, but, but when I tell my story, I'm like, everything was so ordered. You know what I mean? Right. But it only happens when you treat people right and you step out of your comfort zone and you do more than, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, if I had never done that, I would have not known that. You know what I mean? Exactly. Um, she was a, an executive at the record label. Um you know, and just never always have events and never have a time to shop. And I didn't know that. I just thought she was a customer who came in there, you know? Right, exactly. Um, and when she would grab things to go in the fitting room, I would go be, I would see what she grabs and then I would go grab something else, you know? Mm-hmm. And say, hey, um, ma'am, I, I don't know if you saw the top that goes with those pants that you have in there or coordinates with them. I, I just put it on your door, you know? So right. take a look at it if you want, you know? If you don't want to, I can put them back. Right. Attention to and detail. Every, mm-hmm. Yeah, and every time I did, it was like, oh, my God, that looks good together, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so they were by. The store was happy. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Win-win. But, but what she did is she gave me access. She says, come up to my office, um, and I'll, you know, introduce you around. And then I called her, and I said, can I come work for you for a day for free, you know? Just you did that? The building, just to see what it's like. What if I don't really want to work in the music industry? At least if I come and work with you know in your office for the day, um, I can learn. Exactly. She said, I, I can't have you come and work for the day. You know, that's not, you can't just come from the street, you know, <laughs> and work for the day. She said, but what you can do is um, I'll introduce you to the HR people. And from time to time, they use temps, you know. Okay. So go sign up with the agencies that they tell you to sign up with. And when my assistant is gone, or when I need somebody to cover, right. we will call that agency and request you. Wow. Wow. Got to know the HR people. They liked me. And after a while, it was just like, hey, um, Jackie's our girl. So anytime they needed someone at the temp agency, they would call me. Eventually, I started working up in the chairman's office at Sony. Oh, wow. Yes, the 37th floor, 550, you know? Wow. When his assistant would go on, you know, on uh, vacation or whatever, I would be, you know, working in the chairman's office. Wow. So, so, um, (laughs) yeah. You talk about moving on up. Huh? I said, you talk about moving on up. My ride has been amazing. I've had amazing people that have just spoken to my life. I've had amazing experiences, amazing alignments. Um, I, I, I just, I'm overwhelmed when I 
when I'm t- I'm telling you about stuff that's real to me, you know. Exactly. But when I when I say it, it's, I'm, I'm remembering it all again, you know. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so that's how I that's how I got into business, you know, from 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 working in the clothing store, somebody giving me her card, I'm an attempt, you know. Yeah. Um, people liked me, and they would say, "Hey, when I'm out, I'm gonna ask for you." Okay. You know. Wow. And that's how I and that's how I got in, you know, and eventually landed in publicity and um, fell in love with what I do. Well, what you do, and that's the perfect segue, actually, for for my final question, which uh-huh. which is, what words of advice would you have for anyone that's looking to get into the business of publicity? Uh, you you've given a lot of gems throughout. Trust me. Be passionate about what you do. Mm-hmm. Know that when you're working projects, these people are not products. Mm-hmm. And they're not just projects. They have families. Mm-hmm. Yes. They have dreams. Um, and you are ultimately that person that could make a lot of things happen. Yes. You're the link to that. You're, you're the link. <laughs> you know, you are their voice, you know. Um, so be passionate about what you do, you know. Um, when I was working with um, Lord Tree Computer Guns, there was a point when we were sitting at a table at an interview and there was a point when Peter Gunn's got very, very quiet, you know? Mm-hmm. And he looked at me and he says, Jackie, you know this is all we have. Is this on the streets? Oh, oh, oh. oh. The, hey, that means, look, I'm, I'm, I'm putting everything, all my trust in you, huh? Exactly. Wow. That was the deepest thing that anybody ever said to me, and it was just the way he said it, you know? He was sincere about that thing, too, wasn't he? He was sincere, because, you know, you sitting there, you signed to this label, you don't know if they're your priority, you don't know if you're not, you know? Right. Um, and he's sitting there, and he's, he's, we, were, we were at BET, and we were sitting in the green room. They always put you in the green room. We're sitting there, and, just, and he was sitting there, and he got so quiet, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, he said... Um, Jackie, you know this is it, right? This this is it. You know? We gotta make it, you know? Mm. Because it's it, it's, it's this or that. It's this or that. That's it. This is all we have. This is all. This is it. Wow. And when he said that, I was just, that's when, um, you know, because it's so easy when you're working at a label to look at things as just projects. Right. You know, they have numbers assigned to them and, you know, you're preparing for the meeting where you're going to deliver all the things that she supposedly did for this project. But when he said that, and we know how many kids Peter Gunn's got now. <laughs> but at that, at that time, you know, I don't know how many kids he had, but I was, just, you know, it just hit home to me real, you know, mm-hmm. that these are real people. These are real people. Who actually have a gift to do something or create something or express something. Mm-hmm. And you have a responsibility 
to represent them in a way where at the end of the day you can say I gave it everything I have you know like publicity is one of those things that it's not paid for so people do it on the strength of whether they're interested or not you Mm -hmm. know Mm -hmm. or whether they have a relationship with you or not you know what I mean Mm -hmm. there's there's nothing guaranteed about it you know Mm -hmm. Um, so when he said that it was just it just it just dawned on me you know that this was not project number 43, such and such and such, you right, know, right. assigned to this line item budget, but this is a man with children, you know, a man whose girlfriend has probably yelled at him before he left the house saying, damn, you always on the road, you always on the road, you ain't bringing no money home, <laughs> right. hey, you, you know those conversations um, happen too, are you sure this is what you want to do, you need to go get a regular job type thing, or something. yeah, Right. Yeah, you know those those things happening. So you're sitting in the world waiting for a BT to call you, and it occurs to you. You know what I mean? Right. Like, if this doesn't work, then what? Right. What right. is the alternative? You know, and when he said that, it just it hit my heart, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and I came back, you know, to the label again, you know, because people say things to me, and I take it to heart, you know what I mean? Right, right, right. <laughs> So I came back, I was just like, yo, we got it. <laughs> we got it, we got it, we got it. Not everybody, not, not everybody is like that, you know what I mean? Right. So um, I think that that's one of the things that is um, unique about me, mm-hmm. um, or that I've been told is unique about me, you know. Um, I, I, I have a very motherly spirit to me, right. you know. Um a lot of my clients have become friends, and sometimes it's hard because I'm like, you know what? Your check is due, okay? <laughs> right. 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 Don't That's call funny. me about no Jay Jr. Your check is due. <laughs> That's funny. Hey. So there's, there's, there's those lines. Yeah. You know, but I, I do this because I'm passionate about it. I love it. Yeah. Um, I, I am the one who gets probably more excited than even the artists themselves when something that we've been working so hard for happens, yes. you know? Yes. Um, and um, I just, I've had a great ride, you know? And the journey's not over. Uh, you, you, I mean, it sounds like it's, you know, you've done so much, but it sounds like it's just beginning. You, you, you're about to go to another level. Yeah. Do you think yeah. so? another level but you know I definitely try to strategize to do different things at different times you know right so sometimes I'm doing music sometimes I'm doing film I really want to move into some of the African market a little bit you know okay um because I am African I was born in, in Ghana West Africa okay and our culture is just exploding everywhere right 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 so I want to do some of that too you know so um you know, it, it is really just beginning, but you know, this record label, the, the industry doesn't give um, us a lot of time. You know, at a certain point, they start to say you're old, and you know, uh, those kind of things. You know, but, you, especially for women. You know, men is different. You can become a Clyde Davis, be 85 years old. So <laughs> respect you. How many female uh, industry people do you know that are 85 years old that are still, you know? I would have to do yeah, some research. Right. I would have to do some research on that. Females, I'm the women. I know. Women. I would have to do some research on that. Exactly. <laughs> you can name the men. You know what I'm saying? Right. 
Right. Wow. So you don't sound like you you uh, you're getting burned out at all, huh? Sometimes I do. Yeah. Sometimes I do get burned out. I think what balances me is being a mother. Right. You know, being a mother has um, forced me to reprioritize. Mm-hmm. Um, has forced me to turn off at times. Right. Um, my daughter and I have a standing appointment every, which I'm missing right now. Oh, let me let you go. <laughs> I'm <laughs> you know, sorry. Friday nights is our movie night. Right. Right. Um, so every Friday night we we Netflix it out or we Hulu Hulu it out. We find some movie. Yeah. And we get on the couch, snuggle up with our drink. You know, like uh, our um, for her it might be sparkling cider. For me, it might be a glass of wine or right. my tea. Right. And we watch our movies back to back. Nothing wrong with that. That's a beautiful thing. And fall asleep on the couch every Friday night. You know? Right. Right. So that that's what give keeps me. Um, I'm not getting burned out. There's a part of me that is just the mother, you know? Right. And I have to separate from the industry from time, you know? Right. Um, and, and, and deal with, and, and, and be immersed in that part of my life. It's hard, you know? And it's hard on kids who have parents who work in the industry because it almost feels like it, we never stop. It's always going, 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 you know? Yeah. But you do have to commit to, um, to turning off, cutting off. Disconnecting. Yeah, my thing that I like to do, and sometimes I I do little videos about it, is I like to garden. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And when I'm outside gardening, it's just so spiritual to me. It's kind of like, I do these little small little videos about attaching gardening to life. Like I might be taking a plan up and I'll be talking about how sometimes things come to an end, you know? Right. That, that everything has its time, you know? Right. So when I'm stressed out, I go outside and I garden. Um, and that sounds weird for publishers to be outside gardening. I'm outside gardening. <laughs> hey. My neighbors don't know what I do. They just know that I'm in the yard all the time. Right, exactly. Um, I, think they would, I think they would lose their minds if they saw... <laughs> <laughs> back then and the fact that 
you reached out to me. I'm going to tell this story quickly and then I'll, I'll, I'll conclude. But, you know, I, I wasn't on social media either. And, you know, now that I've gotten back into writing, I said, you know, it's a it's a it's a necessary evil because <laughs> you definitely can get on social media and get lost. And, you know, you look up two two hours of gone and uh, you haven't accomplished things that you want to do. But um, like you said, I, so I started following you and. You know, I figured that, I was, I was like, okay, Jackie's not going to remember me. We had, you know, a few interactions. I interviewed, you know, a few artists. But I said, I, I definitely want to follow you because you were so um, thoughtful. And like you said, that motherly spirit and just, you know, I, I felt this, definitely this deep connection with you, your artists, and how you treated, you know, others. And it was just so cool. I said, you know, as soon as I said, I'm, I'm, I'm getting back into writing, you were the first person that I looked for when I got on social media and I got on Twitter. And, um, oh, that's so sweet. yeah. And, and so, like you said, you know, I would, I would like what you, uh, you know, what you would um, share and I would, you know, retweet it. And then you actually reached out to me. I was like, man, that's see, that's awesome. The, the fact that you just, you know, reached out, out to me like that. Out, out of the you know out the blue, and um and say hey you know would I be interested in interviewing such and such? I was like wow, that and that's and that had been 15 years since we connected. Yeah, well I appreciate you. I don't take lightly when people retweet and and share and post. You know, I mean that means that there's an energy in that post that they thought was relevant to share with their you know yeah. their audience. So I appreciate that. I don't always get to say thank you but jay i'm, I'm gonna say thank you to you so much we're so grateful Aww. um for the coverage and so grateful that you're using your platform right. to um to do something positive to motivate we all have um, a motivational story you know right that moment that somebody said something or did something um, that changed our lives and changed the trajectory, you know, right. of, of our future, you know, and I'm so glad that you created a space for generations to see that moment when they've been motivated. Um, I wow. forgot about it till you asked me about it today, and I remembered, well, that really was that moment. That you know? was that moment. So wow. thank you for reminding me of why um, I've gone into publicity and reminding me about the importance of um, keeping close yeah. to that shift. That's awesome. Hey, I really, really appreciate that. And I appreciate you. Definitely, definitely, definitely. Thank you. And thank you for thinking of me worthy of interviewing. I mean, you know, we spend so much time setting these type of things up that, um, that, you know, you really forget about your own brand or even that you forget that you have your own story to tell. Right. You know. Um, so thank you for giving me the opportunity to share mine. Oh, no, definitely. Trust me. It's the, the pleasure is all mine. And, and you know, and I know all, all the hard work that goes in behind the scenes, you know, yeah. to uh, yeah. to make it happen. So, uh, you know, you, you're more than worthy. And um, oh, thank you. Definitely appreciate it. And uh, if you don't have anything else, I, I, I guess it's, it's movie night for you and your daughter. Yeah. <laughs> it's perfect tonight, so I have no idea what we're watching. But yes, thank, thank you so much. Well, I definitely appreciate it, and tell her I, I appreciate her uh, sharing you with me. 
for the interview. She's not thinking about me. She's not thinking about me. Her, dad, her daddy told him. Okay. When daddy told him, mommy disappeared. I got you. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. uh, Thank you. you take care. Have a great night. Okay, you too. Okay, thanks. Okay. Bye. Okay. And that concludes this podcast of Generation Motivation. And definitely want to thank uh, Jackie Asari and once again for, uh, you know, sharing her story with us. And very motivational story it is. Hey, take care. What?